Welcome to Align Your Practice, an exploration of the seamless relationship between the business of chiropractic and the future of natural health care. Join us as we engage with an array of talent, from seasoned experts to passionate new entrepreneurs. Now, here's your host, Dr. Joe Esposito. Hi, welcome to Align Your Practice podcast. This is Dr. Joe Esposito. I'm excited for today's guest, Dr. David Foster. We're going to be talking about selling your practice. David, how are you? Good, Joe. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited, David. This topic has become, it seems to be uh, more um, more of a vocal piece of the profession lately. I don't know if it's because of my awareness around it or a lot of voices starting to talk about transitions, buying, selling, uh, different models of selling through private equity, individual sales. Do you feel that the the market's just maturing or is there just more voice around it, uh, the selling of a practice? Well, I think it's a great time to sell a practice um, because people are getting more of value at, their, at this time. Chiropractic is finally reaching the point where it's profitable. It's profitable to investors. And when it's profitable to investors, mostly private equity, it just raises the tide for all of us. Even the smaller practice is worth more now compared to years ago. I've been coaching people on selling for over 20 years, and there has never been a better time now. We're, we're actually getting looked at because medical is fading a little bit and alternative healthcare is growing. Post-COVID, the interest has grown dramatically. Yeah, I think that's a good place for us to start is the maturing of the industry, of the market market itself. And looking at chiropractic 20 years ago, I don't remember how long we've known each other, but it's it's definitely over 10. I don't know about 20, <laughs> but it's been a little while. Um, but over the last decade, I would say what's happened in the marketplace is not only has the industry forage through Wall Street and showing a good uh, valuation. It's also shown itself in private equity with a strong valuation. And what's happening is the marketplace, uh, the, um, the salaries of doctors are going up, the sale of the practice value is going up. And we're looking at in the past, and I don't want to go through exact numbers, but in the past, the average sale of a practice would be one time net income. And now it's going to an average of two time to two and a half time. And if you have enough EBITDA, the multiples are going up three, four, five times more than that. So it is a, like you said, a really a great time to, to sell a practice. So let's break, let's get granular to give some practicality to it for someone on this podcast listening, maybe not ready to sell today, hopefully not ready to sell today, hopefully thinking about selling the next five to six years. And uh, why don't you break down with your expertise um, in, in this profession? I know, you know, I want to spend a moment talking a little about your background. I've known David for, like I said, over well over a decade. And I've seen you in chiropractic economics. I've seen you uh, in many organizations helping doctors with uh, contracts for hiring employee doctors. I've seen you in circles helping in consultants using you in your ability to put together a buy-sell agreement with people. 
I've seen you in all kinds of either agreements, contracts, employment. Is that kind of, you know, just to start off, is that kind of where you live inside of that whole realm of contracting, employment, all the types of deals in Cairo? How would you just uh, set the stage for the listener? You know how life goes. I, I, everything is cumulative in life. I was a securities broker. I, I went back to school and became a chiropractor. So I have this, this interest in, in I guess talent I've, I've accumulated over the years. I had multiple practices. I'll tell the story quickly. I, I had a multiple practice, and people would call me all the time and say, "What do I do with this? What do I do with that?" And I help people, and I never charged anybody. And someone sent me a hundred dollar bill for helping them. And I said, hey, I could consult. This was 20-something years ago. And I started building this unique little niche of um, non-chiropractic but more business application with chiropractors because I know how chiropractors think. So that's where I, I've been. And I do all those things, appraisals and, and you know, the business end of chiropractic. That's why my, my consulting company is back office consults because it's all back office stuff and that's, that's uh, makes, a little, makes, uh, history but let's get to a little, pardon me yeah that makes total sense let's, sorry let's i get think into, right so let's get into what your 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 audience wants to hear what's the procedure to sell a practice and um i just got a call last week from someone i've known for 30 years great chiropractor and she wants to sell and my first question is when do you want to sell she said oh six months I said, "Whoa, you, you know, you're you're coming to the party late. You're 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 way behind schedule in selling your practice. So you have to get a good strategy, and I recommend at least two years. Why two years? Well, first you want to gather some information about your practice. Uh, I gave her a practice profile form to fill out, and she said, "I am so surprised on the data because I never even knew what I was doing. She was just a typical Cairo, great person." but she didn't understand the, how the data relates. So if you were able to first say, I'm gonna do this in two years, I'm gonna improve my practice so that you gather data, you evaluate the data, you look at the negative areas and you try to build them up so you get a better rate of return. Stage one. Agree, Joe? You've seen so many people that wanna do it quickly and they're, they're just not prepared. Yes, I agree. And I think even more clarity that I'm starting to uh bring this conversation into the marketplace is that there's a difference between when you want to retire and when you want to sell your business. Retiring is I, I want to stop seeing patients potentially, or I want to stop running the business, whether you're at table side or whether you're running the business. That is different than selling the practice because if you do the right sale, you're going to have to stay on for a long transition because a seasoned buyer, meaning a business, is going to want you to stay until they sell their business. So that run rate is three to five year period of time where you can get two bites of the apple. And that's a deeper conversation. But if you want to be a mature seller, if you want to look at not um, one year's income, but you want to look at a true nest egg a true retirement, you're going to have to have the time to uh, to mature that sale. So think of it differently. You may want to sell your practice and you want to sell it at the height of the business. Then you want to spend three to five years slowly working out of the job detail, working part time. But what most people do 
is they start slowly semi-retiring, the average Cairo, single practitioner, one doctor. They're going less marketing. I don't need that anymore. Less hours. Their value keeps going down and down and they sell when they want to retire. I would recommend selling three to five years before you retire so you have the time in order to build value. I think it depends on the practice. But let's, let us let me go stage two and then we'll we'll bounce that around. Yeah, sure. you're, what you're talking about is a problem. Like after you gather your information, you're looking at your weak areas, you build your weak areas. It may take you six to eight months. Now you build a pro forma. What is a pro forma? It's basically a full marketing package on your practice. You should have every data, every bit of data in this so no one is asking you, hey, can you please get me this information or that information? You want to be professional? Have it all together. It's a nice book report on your practice, and it's ready to be presented to the chiropractor digitally as well as hard copy. But it's also for the chiropractor's consult, their accountant, their lawyer, whomever they're using as a consultant that they are going to believe they're not going to believe you, but they're going to believe their consultant. So if the pro forma is professional, it brings it up a notch and you will make more money on a better pro forma. That's what I found over the years. Totally agree. I think that's a huge missing link. Uh, most people are, you know, just positioning a practice for sale or what they want for retirement or what they need to pay their debt. You have to be able to build value from the document that they just mentioned. Value. Now, once you have this pro forma, now you say to yourself, what kind of practice do I have where I can get the best return on investment? Do I have a solo practice? Do I have multiple associates? Am I totally uh, not practicing what Dr. Joe was just talking about, private equity? Who could I sell this to, which is going to give me the most value for my practice. But now you are already, you have it in, in, in hard copy form. You have data analytics and you'll be able to say, this is the best for, uh, for this buyer. Maybe a great associate, a website, a broker. We don't know, but you're going to have a better idea who you're selling it to. Once you have the data, a lot of people come to me and say, I want to sell it to private equity. It is not a private equity practice. And there's different characteristics that I'm not going to go into, but the pro forma has to be solid and it has to be your sales tool. I agree 100%. Uh, the next, you do, it's, it's it, the better presentation. I always, you know, I'm looking for a car right now and the better presentation gets me more interested in the car. Just human nature, the more professional. Uh, the, the next stage is marketing your practice for sale. And there's different avenues to do this. Broker, there's some great brokers out there, very professional. You can try to do it on your own. Uh, you can shop through different outlets. I help people. Um, getting the word out is important. Then fielding people that have inquiries and knowing how to do that without pushing them. The more you push somebody, the more they push away because there's a tremendous emotional component to them. They're very, very fearful. All buyers are fearful. So you have to put them at ease. You have to have um, someone else to present it. I, I always relate it to art. Our practices are our art. And if we say, look at this piece of art, look at our practice. Isn't it great? It's the great, it's great, it's great. They're not going to buy it. 
An artist cannot sell their own art. They need somebody else to say, look, this is a great practice. And it's much more believable. And the reception is better uh, by the buyer when you have that. Um, the next is now you're going to field you're going to field offers. I could only say to you that I have dealt with so many chiropractors that do it so unprofessionally. Okay, you get them to sign a non-disclosure agreement. Do it like a business person, not like a like a typical old-time chiropractor. You don't cut deals on a cocktail napkin. You do it professionally. They sign a non-disclosure. They, you give them an offer. They counter-offer. It's all it's in all writing. They have to know what they're buying. You can't say, I'm just going to sell the practice. There's a lot of components when it comes to selling a practice. So do it professionally. That's where a person like me comes into, into the, the mediation, the negotiation, and I keep everybody honest so the seller can get what they want and the buyer can get what they want. It has to be win-win. But it should be professional. The negotiation goes back and forth. Everything is written down. Nothing, hey, man, I got to practice to sell. I've seen that so many times. Doesn't work. Doesn't work well. Yeah, I agree. Having a representative is so crucial. Uh, there's many different ways in brokers. I know you've helped many of the practices that we've had over the years to have an objective stance. So the broker has to really present the package as a business. Uh, and the way you present it is your baby. You present it in a certain language that is, um, it's not per persuasive because it's so emotional for you. And I think to really sell, like you're saying, you have to get the data and have some broker, some business liaison represent the practice. I think you'll sell faster for more dollars if you have it. Yeah, true. See, Very true. My experience proves that I know what's going to happen before it happens. And it, mm -hmm. it's interesting. You start, in fact, I just wrote an article for Cairo Economics. It's, it's called The Emotions of a Sale. And it starts off two people get together, they're happy. It's a kumbaya moment. Everybody's happy. And then things start to get a little sticky. And as they get sticky, oh, I didn't realize this. I wasn't educated to this. And the emotions flare up. And then they kind of go into a crescendo. And then after that, everyone comes back together and hopefully the deal gets done. But it's never just an even flow of emotion. It's always a, I'm not selling it. I'm not buying it. It's back and forth. I think, Joe, you, you and I agree you're smiling because you know it's the truth. Everyone <laughs> has to get their emotions involved and satisfy their fears. Um, and now what I try to do is, I try to bring the contract in and explain everything. Uh, I kind of relate what I do to a chiropractor uh, that has a new patient. And, you know, chiropractors have a tough job. We're trying to teach someone a concept that is so foreign to them, and they have to trust us and they have to believe us, and we educate them to what we're doing. And once they're educated, it's a lot easier to sell. It's all an education concept. And I do the same thing with the documents. A lot of chiropractors don't know what indemnification means or how to deal with files or a transition or terms. They don't understand the mechanics. And um, I've done this a lot, so I'm able to explain it so everyone's fear goes down. And I think that's the value I have 
that um, I understand both the seller and the buyer's emotional position, where an attorney that does this, they don't understand it. They don't understand chiropractic. They don't understand um, really what we, what our personality is as chiropractors. So, yeah, I think, I think you got to preframe it just like you're saying with a patient, a patient that's coming in as not knowing what they're going to pay, not knowing if it's going to hurt them. And when you preframe the experience, it brings the emotion into check. So in the sale, you're going to say, you explain it how, you know, both of you are going to feel you either paid too much for the seller and you, you got too little for the buyer. Uh, I'm sorry, the opposite. The buyer paid too much, the seller made too little. And it's just the way it is. That's a good deal, right? Right. <laughs> so, um, right. so you, you position in a way just when, both, when both parties feel equally miserable, <laughs> because then it's even. <laughs> yeah. you're going to feel emotionally. I, I paid too much or I gave it away. I mean, you know, I, the chiropractors that have been around a long time, they say, Oh, this has given me such a great living for such a long time. I've heard that all the time. This has been such a great practice. I put my kids through college and all this, this emotion. And what really, the reality is it doesn't matter. It's, it's a numbers thing. It's just numbers at the end. And you, have, you should really take the emotion out. Yeah, so if you are going to sell, that's a, good, that's a good point of communication is that it doesn't matter the potential of the practice. You're not selling the potential. You're not selling what you used to do 10 years ago. You're not selling what could be done in five years from now. You have to get true to yourself on a value of a practice of what is your net profit. And to David's point, when you, a lot of times when you're like selling your house, you end up staging the home and buying a new couch and painting the walls. You're like, wow, I should have done this while I lived in the house because it looks great. You want to do the same thing in the practice. You want to always be positioning your practice for sale. You want to, in my view, you always want to be creating a pro forma and trying to grow your practice. And you always position it. That, that would be a mature business man or businesswoman who's looking at progression, uh, uh, progressively growing and maturing the value of your practice, whether you're ready to sell or not. But that's a good exercise for you to do building pro forma, three-year pro forma, and trying to hit certain numbers of net profit. And if you're really mature and you have the three years, you want to go year over year growth and push the percent growth every year up until the sale. If you gave someone like David a package that showed two years ago, you grew 20%. Last year, you grew 35%. And this year, you're scaling to 50%. Ask David, what he's going to appraise your practice for versus you started going part-time two years ago. You cut your marketing last year. Now you have a number that's a third what it was, and you want David to sell it for what it was worth three years ago. Like, David, you could, I'm sure you get that story because I hear it all the time. I'm sure you do. I, I think I do appraisals, and I look at one of the variables is trend, and it's a very important variable, how, how you're trending. I don't really put a lot of value on three years ago, especially with some of the, the events that have happened three years ago. Patient uh, practices closed down. So I really look at the last 12 to 18 months. That is the most important time because really what an appraisal is, is predicting the next 12 to 18 months. And the best way to predict the, 12, the next 12 months is looking at the past 12 months. That's all we really have. And trend though, I do, I do look at my equation 
is not all data. It's technique. It's, um, I mean, an activator practice. I, I, I have one now I'm, I'm working with. An activator practice. Well, it could be a valued very highly if you can market in the activator clubs and sell it to an activator person. But a Gonstead person doesn't want anything to do with it. So they're going to pay a lot less for it. So everything has a lot of uh, variables. And my job is to uh, educate you, uh, the, the, the practice owner, on really the, what reality is. And um, I, I think I think I could pick a number, uh, a, a pretty accurate number, where it's going to be sold at, if you have the time. time yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's the main variable. You brought up a good point. Technique is one. The location, obviously, the build out, the supplies. There's many, many factors. Uh, monthly, monthly recurring revenue. Monthly recurring revenue. How much of it is conti continuity of money? Huge. How many different types of payers? Is everything personal injury? Is everything Blue Cross? If you have a single payer, brings more risk, right? Longevity of staff. Is risk is a word I use all the time. How do we lower risk for both parties? I like when a buyer, uh, a, uh, I'm sorry, a, a seller has a long transition. It, it's, it's, it, it decreases the risk for everyone's success. The buyer wants a long transition, so there's a nice flow. The goodwill is transferred slowly to the new person, not just a, a new Cairo shows up. You're going to have a lot of attrition. So you want a nice transition. It's, it's really positive for all parties. But there's different variables, and uh, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting equation, and each one is unique am amongst itself. Awesome. Well, thanks, David. I, I appreciate the the, uh, the framework on this. Let's just recap for a listener who's thinking about selling. Number one is timing. Figure out how long you have to sell. Number two, create a pro forma so you can start positioning the practice, looking at net profit. So if you were to call someone like David, you already have the beginning of that model. And that was number two. What was after? I, I don't know if I uh, if you finished your cycle, well, but I know we have to get a strategy. Get a strategy. Okay. Strategy. Two, okay. Get data. Find out where your strengths and weaknesses are, so you can improve them, so you get a better rate of return. Once you get everything up after maybe eight months, then build a pro forma. Show on the pro forma that you've improved on the weaknesses, and here this is where you are. After the pro forma. Start marketing your practice for sale. After you market, hopefully you're fishing now. Now you got some bites. Now how are you going to process those people professionally? You know, I have, I, I talk to chiropractors. They get a call. And on the first call, they're trying to sell the person. <laughs> on the first call. But I'm telling you, a lot of chiropractors are chomping at the bit saying, oh, this is a great practice. Don't do that. You know, there's a process. S slowly comfortably getting the fear down getting getting a relationship this is a relationship business as you know then once you get things pretty much settled then you would go into a contract and the contract is a process and uh, it could go smoothly or not but then once you get through that then i always say uh, you give the keys to the buyer you give them a kiss and you move on so if someone wanted to get in touch with you, or you offer an initial consult to kind of frame out to see if this is a... Okay, great. And they just go to backofficeconsults.com. Is that the name of the site? 
that's me. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. So if, if you guys are wanting to sell, have any questions about selling or even the agreements, the buy sell agreements or an appraisal for the practice, and that may be a, a place where you start is looking at what is the current value? Even if you're looking down the road, getting a value now, maturing your value over the next couple of years to get more dollars out of the uh, out of your asset, I think is a very mature way of, of moving. So, David, thanks so much for your time. I'd love you in the future to break down agreements, break down appraisals and break down so many other components, because I think that the profession's ready to be matured in the sense of business. I think you have a lot of the assets to help a lot of these doctors. Love to help the docs. I, I love telling stories to explain a concept because I've experienced all the stories. And I think that why should people make the same mistake if they can avoid it? No, that's Thank smart. You, smart. Thank you, Joe. Thank you very much. We'll, we'll uh, have you on very soon for uh, future episodes. Thanks, David. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This episode was brought to you by Align Life Chiropractic and Natural Health Centers. If you're interested in creating your dream practice or want to know more about Align Life, go to alignlifepodcast.com.